This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. To getting close to God, obviously, Hashem is beyond even our comprehension, our wildest comprehension. The greatness of God is beyond our wildest comprehension. All we see around us is this world, and even this world is something which is amazingly complex and great and wondrous creation. Everything we see is wondrous, how he created the insects and the birds and all the animals and, and nature and the wind and the seas and the rain. Everything is wondrous. We say in our prayers, and that's in Hashem is mighty. Hashem is mighty. We just cannot comprehend Hashem's greatness. We just see a little microcosm of his greatness. We see the world, we see uh, if you can look at the pictures of the universe, the galaxies, the Milky Way, amazing uh, how great Hashem is to create these things. And yet, with all that, we cannot grasp Hashem. We can see the greatness of things around us. And some people can see the greatness, that's the irony, they see the greatness of Hashem, and they deny the presence of Hashem. What is causing that denial? And the answer is, one of the answers the one answer is, if I recognize Hashem, I'm not going to be free anymore. I'm not free to do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want. And a person got to start admitting, you know, there is a, uh, a creator, there is a universal morality, and therefore a lot of people don't want to accept this fact that there is a God in the, in the world. A lot of people, other people, are just very proud. They're not able to accept the fact that there's some, something out there greater than them. And that's why the Ramban focuses on the trait of humility so much. Humility is one of the key traits to ascending the escalator to God. One, humility is one of the key, key traits to ascending the escalator to God. And uh, what he emphasizes this idea of humility all the time. So uh, one of the things he talks about is erasing all traces of arrogance. Erasing all traces of arrogance and then he says, then a person will be able to get close to God. If a person erases all traces of arrogance, then a person can get close to Hashem. So that's something which we have to work on, is this trait of arrogance or pride that a lot of people have. It's, it's part of human personality. It's part of the human condition, this idea of ego of uh, feeling good about oneself. I think it's very healthy. Feeling good about oneself is very healthy. But if it comes at the expense of others, or at the expense of God, it is very unhealthy. So a person who really feels they're greater than others, um, even feels they're greater than God, we're going to give certain uh, examples of this condition. And this condition can be, uh, can be examined in many different ways. And the Ramban discusses a couple of them. And number one, he talks about interesting he, uh, this is a quote of the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says that a cantor, a chazan, imagine a person is appointed to be the chazan for the synagogue, and he has a beautiful voice, and when he goes to lead the community in prayer, he thinks to himself, wow, my voice is amazing. I got the best voice. Amazing. People must be enjoying my prayers the way I pray. So Shulchan Aruch writes in Orachayim in chapter 53, he says, he, uh, the, the cancer, the chazan, should stand before God in a solemn and reverent spirit, filled with trepidation and fear. Because the job of the cancer, the job of the chazan, 
was also called the Shaliyah Tzibur. Really, that's really the term that really sums the Chazan, Chazan up the most, is the Shaliyah Tzibur. He is the community's messenger to represent the community to God. Chazan is a community's messenger to represent the community to God. And if the Chazan stands up with uh, the purpose of standing up in front of the community is to show off his beautiful voice and uh, his heart is rejoicing in his, uh, his beautiful voice. The Shulchan writes, this is repulsive. Hashem does not want someone who is praying to Hashem and thinking about their glorious voice. It's so hard to do. A person has a beautiful voice and they're chosen as the Hazan for the holidays or for daily prayer and the thinking, start thinking about, I represent the community. I am like the lawyer in front of God representing the, the plaintiff and I'm trying to defend the community. He's thinking about how beautiful his voice is. The Shulchan writes, it's repulsive. The Mishnah Bura, which is the Havis Chaim comments, he says, it's very important that a person should have thoughts of humility when they pray, thoughts of humility. There's no point praying to God with pride because that's an almost guarantee that the prayers will return empty-handed. So a person should pray to God. Obviously, we are the ones who need God's help. He doesn't need our help. And therefore, a person should have humility when they pray. So, so it is a person to remember who is the one who gives them the power to be successful in life. And it's one of the 10 things that Spartan have to remember every single day. It's one of the remembrances written in the Siddur. And it's one of the mitzvot in the Torah, continuous mitzvot that apply 24-7. And that is the mitzvah to remember, Hashem is the one who gives us the power to be successful in life. Hashem is the one. All the power to be successful doesn't come from us, does not come from me, comes from Hashem. Hashem opens the doors for people to be successful. And therefore, it's important to remember that at all times. A person makes money, a person makes a good business deal, a person is doing well in life, they should remember always the source of all their blessings. And the source of all their blessings is Hashem. We have to remember that all the time. There's a beautiful psalm we say in a house of mourning. On Psalm 49, he says, Fear not when a person gets rich. David Amela, King David says, When a person increases the splendor of their house, for upon their death, they will not take anything away. Their splendor will not descend after them. Psalm 49, this amazing psalm that we can't take anything with us. A person is so successful in life, or what can we take with us? We can't take even the smallest belonging. A person just goes wrapped in his shrouds into the, into the grave, and that's it. Can't take anything with us. So all the pride of of being wealthy is really worth nothing because the wealth cannot be taken from one world to another. You know, it's interesting because um, a person goes into the next world and they ask him, what have you brought with you? And he says, well, I'm a multimillionaire. So the reply would be, your currency isn't worth anything over here. When you go to a different country, your currency is not worth it. If I go to America now with Shkalim in my pocket, it's not going to help me much in the stores. They're going to say, your currency is not worth anything. And therefore, the currency of money is not worth anything in the next world. But it's going to realize what, what's worth something in the next world is good deeds, mitzvot, 
Torah study and chesed and tzedakah, all these things will stand for a person in the next world. So being proud of one's bank account is not going to help a person in the next world. It's really worthless in the next world. So that's what David Amenach says, fear not when a person grows rich, when they increase the splendor of their house upon death, don't worry, you can't take anything with you, a person can't take anything with them. So wealth can be a blessing from God, but if it's not recognized as such, it is a source of undue pride. And that's a big problem. We see many wealthy people become proud and they look down upon others and they get further away from Hashem. Instead of getting closer to Hashem, they get further from Hashem because they think that their success came from their own prowess. One of the most tragic examples of a person who became proud based on his wealth was Korach. Korach was a cousin of Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu Moses, his cousin was Korach. And Korach was one of the wealthiest people of the generation. The Talmud says he had bags and bags of keys to his warehouses. Now, I don't know what that means because he's coming out of Egypt. But he had so much wealth that he couldn't take it all with him uh, out of Egypt. But he had, he, had, he had donkeys full of wealth coming out of Egypt. Amazing. His, so what happened was the arrogance of his wealth went to his head and he challenges the authority of Moses. He challenges the authority of Moshe Rabbeinu and his ending was very bitter. It says Korach was swallowed into the earth as a punishment. So it's terrible. A person has wealth. They should never think it's me. I caused my, my own wealth. I caused my success. But it's always got to think that Hashem gave me the power to cause, to be successful in life. It's very, very important to think always. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me all these things. Thank you, Hashem, for helping me. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me the power to be wealthy. Thank you, Hashem, for making me successful in life. There's many people who try. It's interesting, if you observe the stores, I'm observing the stores in Yerushalayim. Some stores are extremely successful. There's a store around the corner from me whose parking lot is always packed. It's always packed to the seams. And then there's another store closer by, which is, which is pretty empty all the time, except for Thursdays and Fridays, maybe. But the other store is always packed. Why is that? I'm always trying to think, why is that? Does the other store have better deals? Does they have better customer service? Are the, uh, are the vegetables uh, fresher? The groceries are fresher? And I can't really pinpoint it, so I put it down to Mazal. It's Mazal. Hashem sometimes helps people and others not so much. So what is it dependent on? So one of the things, one of the factors dependent on is this idea that a person thinks all the time that whatever I have comes from Hashem. My success comes from a higher authority. My success comes from Hashem. We always have to remember my success comes from Hashem. It's one of the 10 remembrances we have to remember every day. So wealth is a massive test. It can lead a person to be proud it led Korach to rebel against Moshe Rabbeinu. It led Korach to be swallowed up by the earth. Terrible thing. So that's something which is very, very important to remember. That wealth is a tool. Money is a tool which should be used properly. And Hashem, the Talmud says, Hashem judges one not only by the act of charity, but also by their intentions when they give. So the Sadaqah is given for a big plaque, uh, I need to put my name on it, I want to show off, 
obviously that's not the highest level of sadaqah. Obviously, this sadaqah is not the highest level. It should be done with humility and uh, sense that everything comes from Hashem anyway. Everything comes from Hashem anyway. Yeah, it says over here, the Talmud says in Baba Batra, it says the son of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, one of the great rabbis, the time of the Talmud was Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, was uh, one of the people who entered Gan Eden alive. One of the few people we have talked about the story, how he entered Gan Eden alive. But anyway, his son was very sick. His son went into a coma. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi's son went into a coma. And when he was in a coma, he had a vision. I mean, he regained consciousness. His father said, my son, what did you see in your vision? And the son said, I saw a world where everything was upside down. In the world of the future, he says, the powerful people who are on top here are on the bottom. And those that are humble in this world are on top there, enjoying the highest distinction. So Rabbi Levi said, the world you saw was not upside down at all. It was actually perfectly in order. So we see that what the world that we in today are is upside down. Why is the world today upside down? Because those in authority and who are proud and believe they're the ones to accomplish people, eventually they will be the lower classes in the world to come. And those that are humble in this world will eventually be the top people in the world to come. The Hubbard Times says, you know what? He says, this vision that the son of Rabbi Shubhan Levi saw was not really about the world to come. It was merely a proper vision of this world. So we in this world, you know, we respect people, we look up to people. Uh, the Forbes, uh, 10 uh, biggest, uh, richest people in the world, the Forbes list of richest people in the world, we always look to them, we always try and emulate them, want to be like them, wish we were like them. Thomas Heim says, you know what? In the real scheme of God's plan, the world is upside down. Those that are wealthy over here are really, in God's eyes, not so wealthy. And those that are not so wealthy in this world may be wealthy in this world, in God's eyes. So everything depends on how God looks at the world. That's the type of uh, sight that we have to try and emulate. The type of sight we have to emulate is God's sight. What is worthwhile? Who is a wealthy person? Ezu Ashir the says, who is a wealthy man? A person who can control themselves. That is wealth. Wealth is not money. Wealth is self-control. And something which we have to realize when we look at others, people look at their cars, they look at their houses, they look at their wealth. But the main thing to look at is, can that person control their anger? Can that person control themselves, their desires? And that is what is a rich person. A rich person is a person who can control themselves. That's one of the most beautiful definitions of riches. But there's other definitions we have to talk about as well. So what makes a person proud? If it is honor, does not honor belong to God? And Solomon says in Kohelet chapter 29, wealth and honor come from you. And we say this every day by Barak David in the Pesuke de Zimra in our prayers. Before the Ishtabach by Garth David, very beautiful prayer. We stand up, and Benishai says to give three coins to Sedakah in by Barak David. God is in control of everything. David Amelech says these beautiful words, and uh, everything comes from Hashem. So, how can a person 
think of themselves as great when everything they have comes from Hashem. Hashem controls everything. And it's the pursuit of glory. says, man's essential drive is based on their ego. We're all running after glory. We're all running after greatness. More than money, power, or physical pleasure. That's also a high level. Money, power, physical pleasure. A person wants more than that honor. Because after money, after power, after physical pleasure, what's the most uh, gratuitous feeling a person has? And the answer is honor, honor, honor. A person wants to be honored by everyone. So that is something which uh, is something which is deceitful. Honor is deceitful because a lot of people honor people for the wrong reasons and they don't really honor them. But they just show honor because uh, the person expects honor, so they show them honor, but they don't really they don't really feel anything special about that person. So it's very important that we attain honor by giving honor. A per who is who is honorable? A person who gives honor to others. So a person who gives honor, by giving honor to others, we are honorable. By giving honor to others, by controlling ourselves, that is the true honor that a person should always run after. Is The true honor is controlling ourselves, our desires, our anger, and giving honor to others. When a person gives honor to others, they are also honorable. So it's interesting, there's a beautiful Gemara in Cholin, page 89a, the Gemara says, Hashem says to Israel, my sons, my children, I yearn for you. Why? Because even when I shower glory upon you, you make little of yourselves in deference to me. Hashem says, I gave great, great glory to Abraham Avinu. And he said, I am nothing but dust and ashes. In Bereshit chapter 18. Anuchi afar va'efer, I'm dust and ashes. So with all his greatness, Hashem gave Abraham Avinu tremendous wealth, tremendous greatness. Everyone showered Abraham with honor because of his greatness. And yet, Abraham Avinu tells God, Anuchi afar va'efer, I'm dust and ashes. I bestowed greatness upon Moshe and Aaron, God says. And they said, what are we? In, in Shemot chapter 16, what are we? Who are we? We are nothing. We are nothing. It's Moshe and Aaron, who are greatest, the leaders of, of the Jewish people. And, Hash, and they say that, who are we? We are nothing. We are nothing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I elevated David Amelach, Hashem says, to lofty heights. And David Amelach says, I am a, a, a worm and not a human being. I'm a worm and not a man. And then Hashem says, but when I lifted the Gentile rulers to glory, when I lifted up Nimrod, when I lifted up Paro, when I lifted up Sancheriv, when I lifted up Nebuchadnezzar, they waxed proud and they reacted with blasphemous arrogance. So the difference between Sadiqim, who are showered with greatness, is a totally different reaction from the Rishayim who are showered with, with greatness. Our reaction should be, if we are showered with greatness, is who am I? What am I? Hashem did everything for me. It's not me. I may be a little tool, little, but even we're not even tools. That's what Abraham Vida says. Abraham Vida says, I'm just dust and ashes. Yeah, David Amela says, I'm just a worm. I'm not even a tool in God's hands. Hashem showered me with everything. I did nothing to deserve it. 
And uh, Moshe and Aaron say, what are we? We are nothing. We are nothing. We are, what are we? So an honest, honest person realizes, and this is a very interesting idea, this idea of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, that the more a person has, the more Hashem showers goodness to us, instead of saying, wow, I must be great. Hashem loves me. I must be a great person. A person's got to think, the more I have, the greater my obligations are. The more I have, the more power I have, the more prestige I have, the greater my obligations are. And when a person thinks about their obligations, then they won't get proud. When a person thinks about not just what they have, but also the obligations of having, then they're not going to get proud. And that's something which we have to try and internalize. What we have is not something to get proud about. When we have is something to think about. What are my obligations now? Now I have more obligations. The more I have, more obligations I have to better the world, to make the world a better place. So Rabbi Shraz Santalanta used to say, I know in many ways he says, look at what he says. I says, I have the capacity of 1,000 people. But because of this, my obligation to serve Hashem is also that of 1,000 people. And therefore, it's not something to be proud of. Because when I think about my obligations, I become very humble when I think about what I have to do. So it's very important not to be too ego egoistic. And by being egoistic, a person takes away from the honor of God. And that's what King Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 16, to avat Hashem kol gevalev. The, the abomination of God is those whose hearts are haughty. And uh, so that's a very important idea because when a person's haughty, they have no room for God in their life. I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali always used to say, I am the greatest. I remember that I was a kid. I am the greatest. And Hashem gave him Parkinson's. And he, he found out he wasn't the greatest. It's very important not to be egoistic. I am the greatest. A person should always say Hashem is the greatest. That's what our greats, our great Rabbis, our great sages, our great leaders always said, Hashem is the greatest. Hashem gave me the ability. Whatever abilities I have, there's no point in getting proud because they're all from God. And the more abilities I have, as Rabbi Shah Salat says, the more abilities I have, the more responsibilities I have. So it's, it's an important idea, the idea of not being proud, being humble. If a person takes pride in their wisdom, let them understand Hashem may remove the speech of the most competent and take away the wisdom of the aged. Book of Job, chapter 12. Job mentioned Eov. The book of Eov, which deals with suffering in this world, the philosophical underpinnings of suffering in this world. Job says, a person takes pride in their wisdom they got to understand that wisdom can vanish. Hashem can take away a person's wisdom. We see today, unfortunately, uh, people with dementia. Oh boy, it's not a joke. The wisest people can have dementia and be lowered to the level of little babies. And even worse. So it's uh, important to remember all the time, Hashem is the one who gives us wisdom. Hashem is the one who gives us power. Hashem is the one. We always have to praise Hashem for what he gives us. And Hashem should never take it away from us. Hashem should give and not take away. And that is the test 
a person's test in life will be always recognized. He is the one who gives us the power to be great. Intelligence is a person's supreme faculty. So although intelligence is laudable, it may at the same time provoke feelings of self-importance. And this that Yesharim Ramachal warns when Moshe Chaim in path to the just. He warns us, first of all, he says, even the finest mind is imperfect. <coughs> Everyone, even the most fine person, makes mistakes. Everyone, there's no such thing as a person who is perfect. The human beings are built with imperfections. We make mistakes. We are prone to error. Even the most accomplished rabbi makes mistakes. Even the greatest sages make mistakes. Secondly, a person really deserves little credit for his genius because he's just following the dictates of his nature. Hashem created a person with a great IQ. So why should he brag? Why should he boast? That's, that's the way he was created. Just like the Ramachal gives an analogy. He says, just like a bird can fly. So you think a bird becomes proud. Oh, I can fly. You can't fly. But that's the way it is. That's the way nature, that's the way Hashem created the bird. Why is a bird going to get proud? So to a wise person. Why should they get proud? Hashem created them with that high IQ. One is wise only because their nature, that God created nature and then led them to be so. There's no room for pride in respect to wisdom. Rather, if one has acquired knowledge, he's duty bound to share it with others who are needed it. Now it's interesting, we just did a Daf Yomi in Sukkah. We're learning Masakat Sukkah and Daf Yomi now. And we're at uh, in the second last chapter of Sukkah says something very interesting. It quotes the Pasuk in Mishlei, which we say every Friday night, Eshet Chayil. And it talks about the Torah Chesed Al-Lashonah. So the Quran asks, what is Torah Chesed? What is Torah? And what is Torah Chesed? Isn't all Torah learning a book of kindness? The Torah is a book of kindness. Why it starts off with an act of kindness. Hashem creates clothes for Adam and Eve. Hashem at the end of the book buries Moshe Rabbeinu and no one else there. So isn't the Torah itself a book of kindness? Why is it Torah Chesed? Why is it called a Torah of kindness on her lips? What is a Torah of kindness? So the Gemara says, a Torah which a person learns not to share with others is not a Torah of kindness. A Torah which a person learns in order to share with others, that is a Torah of kindness. That's what we have to emulate. A person has knowledge, they should think, if I have knowledge, I have to share with others. That's Torah Chesed. Torah Chesed is knowledge of Torah which is shared, not Torah, not, not Torah knowledge which is just kept selfishly. So that's not Torah Chesed, that's Torah, but not Torah Chesed. So Torah Chesed is something we have to work on and not become proud. Because a person learned a lot of Torah, the idea is more responsibilities, more Torah to share, more learning to share, and more things to do for the world. More And same thing about a scientist. It's not just enough to be a scientist and make money out of science, but to help other people. Find all the great scientists helping other people, those who are involved in making the new COVID vaccines. Imagine what kind of chesed they are doing, even though you've got to pay for it. But what kind of they're saving lives? Saving lives is ultimate chesed. chesed. So, uh, Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai says in the Mishnah Brikavot, chapter 2 If you have learned much Torah, do not take credit for yourself. But that's the reason why you were created. Wow person was created to learn Torah, and that person says, I learned so much Torah. But that's the reason we're created. That's our purpose. So a person's not doing anything more than they were created for. 
It's a very important idea, the idea of being humble in one's wisdom as well. That's going to be humble in one's wisdom. And uh, we find the book of Hannah. The story of Hannah is actually in the book of Shmuel Aleph. In the book of Samuel, who is a son, we find the story of Hannah. Hannah was the wife of Elimelech. Elimelech was a great sage at that time, one of the judges of Israel. Hannah was his wife, and uh, they stayed together for many years, even though she was childless. Hannah was childless. Hannah was the mother of Shmuel, Hanavi, Samuel the prophet, who anointed King David. And uh, she was childless for many years, and every year, Elimelech would go to the Beit HaMikdash, the Mishkan in those days, the sanctuary, and he would pray, and she would go, and she would pray for children. Please, Hashem, give me children. In fact, we learn the laws of prayer, how to pray from Hannah, from Hannah's prayer. It says she was, she was uh, lip moving her lips, but no sound would come out. When a person prays the Shemona Yisrael, a person prays the Abida, they should move their lips and no sound should come out. No one should hear what they are saying. There's two ways of doing that. Shukhanar says they should whisper that only they themselves can hear the whispers. And the Kabbalah, the Arizal says, a person should move their lips and nothing should come out. Not even a whisper should come out. So there's two different ways of doing this. Halakhically, in terms of prayer. Uh, it's amazing. A person should pray with their lips moving with no sound coming out at all. That was the way of Hannah. And the high priest, Eli, says, Hannah, are you drunk? What did you drink? And Hannah says, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I am a woman who is bitter. I'm a woman bitter because I have an unfulfilled need. My need is to have children. And Eli says, in that case, may Hashem bless you with a child. This time, this next year, you would have a child. And true enough, her prayers were answered and the blessing of Eli came true and she had a son called Shemuel. And we find that she has a beautiful uh, prayer that Sephardim, at least we say every single day before Shaharit. Beautiful prayer. I still remember my father, Lava Shalom, saying this beautiful prayer every morning. I still remember the tune he used. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous prayer. Hannah prayed and she said, I'll put my burdens on Hashem. That's the, the key of prayer is to put one's burdens on Hashem. Because should feel like they're unloading their burdens on Hashem. Hafez Chaim gives a beautiful parable. You know, we think in life that we are doing everything. Hafez Chaim says, you remember the good old days when a person could hitchhike. You could hitchhike through Europe. You could hitchhike through Israel. Uh, even today, today in Israel, they're frowning upon hitchhiking. They're telling people not to hitchhike, it's not so safe. You don't know who you're going to end up with. Uh, a lot of people have been abducted. So their hitchhiking is out of vogue. But in those days, they said, well, hitchhike. And here's a, a guy hitchhiking, and he has his big backpack on his back. And finally, a car stops from him and says, hop in, I'll give you a ride. And the guy hops into the car, but he still has his backpack on his back. So the driver of the car says to him, he says, listen, why don't you take off your backpack? And the guy says to the driver, he says, it's enough you're carrying me. I don't want you to trouble to carry my backpack as well. So Abitzheim says, what a strange reply, right? It's enough 
you're carrying me. What do you mean? If he's carrying the man in the, in the car through the car, obviously the backpack's on the bus. He's carrying the backpack as well. Something we don't realize. We say to Hashem, you know, it's enough. You're carrying me. I don't want you to carry all my burdens. No, that's what prayer is all about. Prayer is all about transferring one's burdens to God. And that's what we learned from Hannah's prayer. She transferred her burdens to God. All her worries, all her prayers, all her needs were transferred. The act of prayer was an act of transferal, putting one's burdens on God. We talked about last week, David Amelach says, put your burdens on God. And he will provide for you. But also she says in her song, um, in Samuel 2, uh, she read it, beautiful prayer of Hannah, Samuel 2. Uh, she says, Hashem Morish Umashir. Hashem impoverishes and makes prosperous. Mashpil He lowers and he uplifts. In other words, a person should never get proud because everything comes from God. Hashem provides for us. Hashem gives us. And Hashem can also take. Hashem can give and Hashem can take. So a person who has should always thank God for giving. And uh, we should never know what it is to need. We should never know what it is to take. We should always be givers and not takers. The rabbis say, a parable, they say, this world is like a water wheel. A water wheel goes round and round in the water, and it irrigates the field. It scoops water from the stream below and lifts the water to the elevated field, and then it descends again empty. So too, a person's man's fortune in this world goes round and round. Some people go up, some people go down. It's like a water wheel. And that's a very important idea, the idea that no point in getting proud, everything is in God's hands. And the reward for humility, what is the reward for humility? So the answer is the reward for humility is when a person humbles themselves, Hashem elevates them. And we see this in the Gemara in Eruvin, and then page 13b, the Gemara asks the question, you know, there are many halachic disputes between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, the yeshivas of Hillel and Shammai, the two yeshivot, the big yeshivot in the, in the early uh, millennium and uh, around the uh, one, two, three, five, ten, twenty, seventy, uh, around the destruction of the temple, unfortunately, there were two great yeshivot, the house of Hillel and the house of Shammai. And uh, the, the Gemara says that halacha was decided according to Beit Hillel. So the Gemara says, why was the halacha decided according to Beit Hillel? What was the merit of Beit Hillel that the halacha was decided according to Beit Hillel? So look what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, because members of Hillel's academy were mild-mannered, they were soft-spoken, they were patient. And whenever Beit Hillel spoke, they would always give the opinion of Beit Shammai first before citing their own. In other words, if you asked, what is the halacha according to Beit Hillel? They would reply, well, Beit Shammai says this, and we say this. They always give Beit Shammai's opinion first because of their humility. And that's the reason the Gemara says is why Hashem decided Halacha is like Beit Hillel. Because when they humble themselves, Hashem will raise them up. Hashem elevates someone who humbles himself. So it's interesting. So where do we see this? We see this in the story of Yosef Joseph. In book of Genesis, Breshit, Yosef HaTzadik. In his early years, he was very haughty. 
he was a young man. He, one of the Torah says he was 17 years old. He spoke Lashon Hara about his brothers. You know, evil speech is one of the worst things. Gossip is one of the worst things a person can do is debasing the power of speech because we pray with our mouths. And when we debase the power of speech, we are lowering the mouth to the gutter. And therefore, how can a person pray to God using the same mouth they use to vilify other people? So it's very important. Try our best not to use our mouths to vilify other people, to speak Lashon Hara. Yosef HaTzadik spoke Lashon Hara about his brothers. And this came back to haunt him. Whatever he said about his brothers, those things were done to him exactly. Hashem paid him back exactly. And uh, that's uh, what we see with Yosef. And his reward was being thrown in a pit not just once, but twice. He was thrown in a pit. His brothers threw him in the pit. And then when he's sold into Egypt, they also throw him, it says, Potiphar threw him in a, in a, in a dungeon. But the word used for a dungeon in the story is the word bore. In those days, dungeons were just holes in the ground. He threw the prisoner in, maybe threw some food in every day. And that's how the prisoners lived in the dungeon. So Yosef was put down into a dungeon twice to make him, I think, make him humble. He was lowered. Hashem lowered him because he was haughty. And every time he got haughty, he got lowered into the pit. The first time is he was haughty to the point where he spoke Lashem about his brothers. He spoke gossip about his brothers. And he told the dreams in front of the brothers that he's going to rule over them. Didn't have to boast about it. And he was haughty. And Hashem said, okay, you're going into the pit. The second time he comes out, he's now in Egypt. He's now the manager of Potiphar's house. And it says he's looking in the mirror and looking at his hair and making himself handsome. And that's how he was proud. And Hashem says, okay, you're going back in the pit. You've got to learn your lesson. And the next time he comes out of the pit is by Pharaoh. He heard he can, Yosef can interpret his dreams. And he goes in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says to him, right, I heard you can interpret dreams. And Yosef answers, we see he understood what humility is all about. He answers, he says, Bill I die, it is God who will respond with Pharaoh's well-being. In other words, it's not me who answers dreams, who can explain dreams, it's Hashem. So finally, Yosef becomes humble, and that's when Hashem elevates him. Hashem God elevates him to be the second the viceroy of Egypt because of his humility. So twice he failed. He was proud once, thrown in the pit, proud twice, thrown in the pit. It's only when he became humbled and realized everything's from God. The Midrash says, said Hashem, you yourself refuse to elevate yourself. I promise you in the merit of your humility, I will raise you to greatness. Beautiful, beautiful idea. Raise you to greatness. The secret of greatness is humility. And that's something which we have to always inculcate. That's how a person should pray. The Talmud says in Yevamot, 105b, page 105b, it says, when praying, one should look downwards, as it is written, my, my eyes and my heart shall be there all the time. Book of Kings, chapter 9. Likewise, a person should focus his heart heavenward, which means our concentration should be focused on Hashem, but our eyes should be looking downwards to think about our own humility. A person should think about the hum humility and the humble origins. Who are we? What are we to stand before Hashem? 
and think about Hashem's greatness and our own poverty and humility in front of Hashem. Because then prayer will become an encounter with Hashem. Prayer is an encounter with Hashem. And a person should have contradictory emotions. On the one hand, we're standing before Melech Malchem Melachim, the King of Kings. We should be overwhelmed with awe. And on the other hand, a person should feel their own low, lowness. So a person should, uh, one, on one hand, we should be feeling our own lowness by standing in front of God. And on the other hand, we should feel closeness to God. So on the other hand, we have to feel some closeness and love of Hashem. Hashem is our, our parent in heaven, a parent on earth. Hashem does everything for us. So we have a dichotomy. Number one is awe. And number two is love. When we pray, we have to have awe. And number two is we have to have love. And we gaze up, downwards and our hearts should be upwards. When a person prays, they must visualize themselves. Rabbi Yona writes, as standing before God's celestial throne. This is impossible as long as they are weighed down by mundane affairs, financial worries, business problems, and the like. Therefore, before praying, one must first look downward to discard all earthly concerns. This is very ironic because we pray to God for our, with our earthly concerns, but they shouldn't hamper our prayers. Our earthly concerns should not hamper our prayers. As I said, they should be like unloading, unburdening oneself on God. Plus, to try and focus their minds on God. And by thinking about God's greatness, Hashem can help us in any situation. It's the only being in the world that can help us in only any situation and uh, has the power to do so. And therefore, a person should unburden themselves and not focus overly on their burdens, but use the time of prayer to unburden themselves before God. So very important. So it's a very hard it's very hard to pray properly. It's very, very hard to pray properly and uh, to think the right thoughts when praying. But the main emphasis in prayer today, a person should just follow the words in the Siddur. The best way of doing that without losing concentration is actually putting one's finger on the place. When a person reads, just like reading the Torah, when they read the Torah, and so they have, a, they have a, what's called an etzba, they have a, a silver pointer over there to go through the words so they don't miss words. So too, when a person prays, they should put their finger on the place and that helps focus the mind on where the finger is pointing. When you point your finger, you're actually focusing your mind on where you're pointing. So it's very important to pray, focused on the words a person is saying, try to understand the words. If you can't understand Hebrew, you can focus in the English translation and focus on what one is saying. So that's how a person prays. But their thoughts, the address of the prayer, that's the key. The key is the address. You send an email to the wrong address, never going to get there. So prayer, we're sending our words up to Hashem. The address has to be focused. You are the God of all the other gods. You are the God of our forefathers. Hashem is the one who is the key. That is the address. So it's interesting that we have to focus our prayers. And by, that's, by praying, a person is actually doing an act of humility. Because when a person prays, they're showing that we need, we need Hashem. We need you, Hashem. We cannot answer our own prayers. You are the one who can answer our prayers. So just by praying, a person is showing humility, is acting humble, and is, in fact, humble, is acting humble, and is doing something which is going to create humility in the person. 
So a person now also, it's a very important how we treat other people. Humility is also in how a person treats other people. A person's got to remember continuously, and this is so hard to do. There's so many different kinds of people in this world. A person's got to try and remember all the time that every single human being was created in the image of God. That's a very hard thing to think about all the time. Every person in his existence possesses unimaginable wealth. The physical and intellectual gifts of a mere child. Just such beautiful to see one's own children grow up and then one's grandchildren grow up and see how they develop in a very short time. The differences you can see every single day in the child's cognizance. Person can see the differences a child when they're born and then another day later, two days later, three days later. It's like exponential abilities to move around, to move their hands, move their fingers, and to make noises and to look around until their eyesight they can see and focus on focusing. It's amazing how these abilities are tremendous. So that's we're blessed. We are blessed. Every single human being is blessed with great image of Hashem, the greatest of Hashem. We have the ability to choose. Good and bad, the ability to make choices that no other beings have except for Hashem. We are creating the image of Hashem. We have the abilities to create something which no other beings have. We can create as well. So it's a very important idea that to treat other people, we have to treat other people with respect. That is also creating humility in oneself. And if a person is more wise or wealthy than, than oneself, one must show them respect. This is a, a mitzvah that uh, the Torah, stand up for an elderly person and give honor to the face of the wise. So we are influenced the most by our own actions. When one shows outward signs of respect to the wise, they become inspired to emulate their example. That's what Sefer Achinuch says, mitzvah number 257. And uh, Rav Abba Kohen, the Midrash relates, says, originally I would avoid walking past crowds of people so as not to bother them, because I knew they would stand up for me when I walked by. But Rabbi Yossi advised me otherwise. When crowds rise before a Torah scholar, their hearts become filled with the fear of heaven and this uh, yearning to emulate the scholar. So it's a very important uh, idea of showing respect to others, showing respect to every single human being, showing respect to other people. And uh, that is key to humility. And humility is a very important ingredient in drawing closer to God. And the escalator to God, humility is a very important ingredient because a person with pride, Hashem rejects. It's very important to, uh, to get this ability, as well as that we will all become more humble in our lives, the way we treat others, the way we address others, and the way we pray with tremendous humility. As well as Hashem should answer our prayers. And Shabbat Shalom, everyone. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.